Season one of Watch With You is made possible by the support of Barry from Podcast in Color. Thank you, Barry. Hey, watchers, it's Lady D here, and I have Lady H. I am here. <laughs> and we are here today to talk about Sandyton season two after its long anticipated return, after it was resurrected by Masterpiece. So we're going to take a few and talk about it. And let's start this party. So, Lady H. What do you have to say about season two of Sandyton? I got a little bit of history. Um, okay. Yeah, to start with. So in America, Sandyton first aired on January 12th, 2020. After it aired in August 2019 in the UK. By February 2020, PBS confirmed that they weren't going to bring it back because the viewership was not great. And that is when the Sandyton sisterhood was born and they were like, nah, you, you need to, you need to do something about that. In May, 2021 news hit that the series had been renewed, just not for season two, but season three. But then as soon as they said, Oh, we're coming back. Theo James, who played Sidney Parker, not coming back. The guy that played Stringer, not coming back. The guy that played Babington, not coming back. So even though we got it renewed for two and three, it was uh, bittersweet in a lot of ways. And then they filmed it back to back from July to December 2021. Given that a little bit of history because... Then there's Bridgerton. Bridgerton premiered Christmas Day 2020. And then season two premiered the same weekend, or actually um, Sandyton season two premiered the weekend before Bridgerton season two. I think we got some comparison between the season twos or battles of the season two, maybe upcoming. Um, I saw the show a week early on March 13th, I got a screener and I was able to participate in a chat with the crew or the, some of the cast members. And uh, I don't even know what to say about this season. I was not a part of the Sandyton Sisterhood um, because many of them were racist. But I do remember saying to you, when we discovered Bridgerton and you liked Bridgerton, like, hey, there's another show that you would also like called Sandyton. So I got to ask you a question. Now that you've seen season two, do you think it should have been revived? I wasn't that happy with season two. They could have left it with season one and been done with it for me. But I did watch it and probably watch season three, only if season three starts out decent. I was okay with season two. And that, to me, season two was a lot about grief. And since they couldn't get, and this is also told through the perspective of Charlotte. This is very much Charlotte's story. So since they couldn't get the two protagonists or potential heroes to come back, so since there was a change, like we knew that Sydney wasn't going to be there and they weren't going to recast it, then if you're going, then the show needed to respect where Charlotte was in that journey. So I felt like season two was all about moving Charlotte past Sydney and Stringer to whatever comes next. So, and not just Charlotte, but Georgiana. So I felt like a lot of this season was a holding pattern and filler episodes to get to the good stuff. And it was only six episodes. I think that, yeah, if you like Bridgerton, yeah, if you like Regency and you want to live in these worlds a little bit longer, this is a good stop to visit 
but it may be a stronger visit once season three airs and then you can kind of binge it all together because I think that these this season felt like filler. Do you want to say anything before we go for spoilers? I guess I didn't think about it that way. About Charlotte getting past people not being there that were there in her life. So do you want to move to spoilers so you can tell me a little bit more to that? Sure. So let's go on. We're going to spoil this uh, season for Sandy 10. So if you do not want to hear spoilers, definitely jump off now. Otherwise, on with the show. Okay, so here's the deal. Sydney died. He got yellow fever. And or there you go. Antigua with the, with the lady he married. And wait, 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 wait. His wife yeah. was with him? I think so. Well, I don't know. But I'm just saying. Oh. He went on, he went on off to Antigua. I'm sure she probably maybe went. I'm, I'm sure she was like, oh, I, w- I don't want to go to some beautiful, you know, place and just stay set up here in England. Okay. but Well, I would think that she wouldn't go because you know how they acted like they couldn't deal with the heat. Remember, this uh, is before air conditioning or whatnot. Ah, uh, whatever. The heat, the heat, the heat. Ugh, I get tired of people talking about the heat. Put on some shorts, drink some water, fan yourself. Look, AC wasn't even a thought in their mind. So you were going to be in a hot house. <laughs> At least you could be out laying in the sun on a beach in the water. Now, you know that they prize their light skin. They weren't trying to tan. That's why they had bonnets and parasols. And I, didn't stuff say, like that. I, I didn't say, I did not say she had to get tan. I just said lay out in the sun, the parasol, the bonnet. But it's going to be being in a hot ass house. Girl, if I was rich, I wouldn't go. If I was white and rich, you have to go for business because you are Georgiana's guardian. You're probably getting paid for that. So you had to go to handle the business. I do not. Why would I leave during the season and my friends and my family to what essentially is a work trip and I don't know anybody. I think that it was completely different then and now. And then you're know, talking about how long the travel was. Mm-mm. I don't think she was there because of the way that Tom seemed to have been informed and how they got their um his things back because if she was there she could have brought his things back herself that trunk came later okay they're not there didn't really matter he died <laughs> that, that's that's the that's the gist of it he died and he died because the actor had moved on to other projects which of course happens when you wait a year and a half to renew something it wasn't a wait you know there was the campaign and got it resurrected but it's still people don't wait around for a year and a half to get employment but you know what i mean say that he went to do the time traveler's wife and at the time of this recording the time traveler's wife got canceled so if they didn't do the recording back to back he probably could have come back for series three probably could have but again you can't wait a year and a half, you know, when you're an actor, unless unless you're an actor of means. And when I say means, you've got lots of roles under your belts and lots of money, paydays under your belt. And if pick, put your money away or you come from money already or you had already put money away when you started before you started in this business from something else that you did. So. Most actors are continually acting. You can't just sit around waiting. So I get it. But to be clear, or as a reminder, you were a fan of Charlotte and the Sydney pairing, right? Yeah. I was cool with them being together. I was kind of mad that he went off and married a old chick, but I understood why. 
didn't make me not less mad, but you know, um, her and um, Stringer had more in common. I liked him. He was of the two was more my choice, and he's on Vikings, I think, on Netflix, which did get renewed. So a better project, and they did say that he was he went on to London to be a master architect. Mm-hmm. So like they she, wrapped up everybody's story who didn't come back in some way, shape, or form, and. Only one person. Only one. Well, no. They lapped up Stringer to tell us he became a master architect. They killed Mm -hmm. Sydney. So that's a wrap-up. At least we know what people are doing or happened. You know, the only way to stay true to the Sydney and Charlotte storyline, even though Sydney went off and married old girl anyway, was basically to kill him. Oh, that's who you meant. You said everybody's story, and I'm about to say they ain't say what happened to Diana. Just that she ain't there, and that he's better. <laughs> and I was like, "That's mean." Did y'all kill her? <laughs> did y'all kill her too? Well, maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. <laughs> no, no, nobody knows. So I said that I looked at this season as Charlotte's grief, and you were saying that you didn't think of it that way. So how did you think of? Charlotte without the Stringer and the Sydney, the two past love interests? I felt like since she's so young, it's not like she's, you know, 25, 30, 40, that, you know, this was going to be an opportunity for her to, she could move on, find someone else. I mean, there are plenty of fish in the sea for her to move on with. And in this case, that brought the British Army to Sanditon. Um, the cheapskate British Army, not paying their debts to the townspeople, but it brought some love interests available um, to her as well as her sister. That's how I thought about it. What did you think of her sister, Allison? Mm, she, I, I mean, I think she was too eager. But again, you know... Back in this time, you know, getting yourself, finding yourself a love and getting married off was the top of the game, the top thing to do. So, but I still felt like she was a little too eager. She wasn't taking her time to see what prospects she had around her and to really listen and pay attention to what was being said and done by her prospects. How old do you think her sister was? I mean, she's younger than Charlotte, but how, maybe two to three years, maybe. So what you thinking, 18? Yeah. 16? I, don't, I, I mean, how old is Charlotte supposed to be? Okay, well, Georgiana last year was 17. I think she's 18 this year. I think that Charlotte is around somewhere between 19 and 21. And maybe that makes her sister somewhere between 16, 17, because I think that the reason why her sister didn't come the first season was because she was probably like 15, like maybe too young. And so her sister to me, I think was, it was a mixture of a romanticism of Charlotte's life because Charlotte was writing about her experiences and she was like, I want to go. And she was living on a farm and hadn't really gone anywhere or seen anything. So this was her opportunity to have that uh, experience and not go back to the farm if she got a husband. So she was essentially a fortune hunter. I don't even know if we would call it a fortune hunter. But she was, like you said, very eager, very silly. And I think that she was the most Austinian character because she, Norm Jane Austen, wrote about sisters. And very often one of them was silly like that. I'm thinking of like um, Pride and Prejudice and Kitty. I, have to, I think that was the one who married an officer. And uh, even though that officer wasn't shit, <laughs> but that's, you know, and what that was her storyline this season she married and she was stuck in a Cyrano de Bergerac where you had the young 
hot-ish officer, but he was using the experiences of the older officer. And you mentioned that uh, battalion, none of them had order. I mean, ain't, which we knew. Ain't that the truth? We knew as soon as Edward was there that they couldn't be shit. Well, we found out it was the ain't shit battalion. There was only one guy that had any honor, and he was the one who resigned and married the sister Allison at the end. Mm-hmm. He, you know, that, that battalion was strictly the pay-to-be-there battalion. We ain't shit. We can't, you know, we can't do shit at home. Our family don't like us. We the, the black sheep of the family, so they paid for us to have these commissions. And the rest of us, we just here because we're trying to make a dollar because we're too poor. They had a hustle going. They were going from town to town. And people always welcomed him, like Tom Parker. And Tom is just such a carnival barker. Like he just thought, okay, y'all are going to come in. Y'all are going to spend this money and everything else. And when his wife, his sensible wife was like, yo, they racking up bills. And I hear tell they're not paying. Tom didn't listen at first. Tom never listens. That is his problem. He is a typical man. He never listens. We always bailing him out. His mm-hmm. wife is the smart. She is the brains of this operation. She has the brains, but I don't, but she didn't really have any authority. Who surprised me as the brains was Arthur. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I was really surprised that Arthur was brains. They portrayed him and the sister as being these dumb siblings. But a lot of times that stuff is for show so they can keep getting what they want out of life, which was oh. basically not to do shit. <laughs> well, she was smothering him. That's why I asked, where was she? <laughs> Did they kill her? Because she, was she was in a, look, she was in the basement um, in a chair rocking somewhere. You think they locked her up? Look, she probably went a little crazy in the off season. Who knows? You mean like, okay, Jane air birth the mad woman that they locked in the attic okay huh because i think arthur said it by way of explanation like oh i feel a lot better now that i lost all the weight that was diana because she was smothering him and tom being the oldest naturally looked to sydney and so i don't think that there was any reason to look to arthur until sydney died and it was only luck and them realizing that Sydney had a tricked out like card deck that got the army to pay their debts. Otherwise, we wouldn't have no Sandy Tim for season three. Because <laughs> it'll have been running to the ground of debt from the army running up thousands, I guess we're gonna say thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And they should be ashamed. <laughs> but that's what they did. And where you want to go next? So you talked. So we talked about the army. We talked about the silly sister. We talked about Arthur a little bit. We kind of sort of talked about Charlotte, but not really. We talked about the men she lost, not the men she found. Yes, uh, Colonel Lennox and uh, uh, Colburn. Carlburn. I honestly didn't like either one of them for her Mm -hmm. but you know they always trying to make something happen i didn't want her to go be with someone that was in the you know in the army military whatever um because like we already said she already has lost two love interests you know if she gets with the guy in the military that's a possibility that she's gonna lose another one there's only so much heartbreak that a person can take so i didn't really want her to be with Colonel Lennox, because I didn't want her to either date him, marry him, court, you know, marry, and then he goes off and he gets killed because that is a possibility. And then she has to deal with that. And then, why can't I remember his name? <laughs> the, we're talking about the recluse Colburn, right? Colburn, with yes, girls. with the kid, okay. with the kids, the niece, the niece and the daughter, the daughter that was um, non-binary. Um, I don't like him. He's mean. 
I get that you lost your wife, but there is no need to be that mean and cruel. And then, you know, it's always the mean, cruel one that then wants to, the main character has to make him become soft and loving again. I didn't like him. I mean, I'm glad that Charlotte did what she did to make him open up to his daughter and his niece, but I didn't want them to be together. He could kick rocks. She she left him. I know she. I know she did, but I just didn't think they needed to waste time, energy, and space on that relationship. Let her be the governess. Let her get those kids where they needed to be in life. Let her help bring them back together as a family, but not necessarily need to be his love interest. The governess and the and the parent do not always have to become an item. Hmm. I agree that they don't always have to become an item, but what I think he did was provide we're still talking about Colburn an opportunity for Charlotte to grieve Sydney and figure out what she wanted to do next because when we first start out the season uh Charlotte is in a dance and you know so there's this guy Ralph whom her father wants her to marry he is a um a farmer and charlotte being the oldest realizes that and i think how many kids were there there was a there were a a bridgerton bunch of kids more than that but that their father couldn't afford to keep her so if she wasn't going to marry ralph which she wasn't really wanting to do and she knew her father couldn't keep her, then the only thing that she could do is work. She had a few options for work, one of which was to be Georgiana's paid companion. And she didn't want to do that. Okay, fine. So then she gets the job as a governess because she was saying, well, it's kind of what I do at home. I teach my younger siblings. So uh, I save non-binary leo their life brought them home realized that hey there's an opportunity for me to work here why not i mean it was the grief charlotte realized i think maybe i do want to be married because i've moved past my grief and i can love somebody else so i think that the time there was spent for that but she didn't ultimately choose him I was confused at first. First, Lennox, Colburn, those two were in love with each other. The way they behaved. It it was, I, I had to laugh. I said, yeah, but it was supposed to be this tension and drama between about the dead wife. Did you understand that story? I think the dead wife had an affair with Lennox. Yes. And Lennox kept rummaging in uh, Colburn's face. But how did she die? Because it wasn't childbirth. No, probably some disease, some fever, I'm sure. Okay. So what I kind of gathered was that the wife and Colburn got married young. He's a recluse. He has social anxiety. And his father was an alcoholic. Or his father, nothing, let me not call him an alcoholic. His father had an issue with drink because when he did show up to that Lady Denham's party, Lady Denham said something about, oh, your father was, uh, was you know, liked, liked his drink. But Lady Denham always has something negative to say about anybody so and everybody. So it's kind of hard to take that seriously. But um, he also says something about hiding in a house or whatever. So essentially, he got married young. He wasn't one for the social parties and balls, but his wife was. So when he inherited the house, he went to the house to handle the estates. She stayed in London. That's how she met Colonel Lennox. She got pregnant with Leo. Of course, she had to go home because 
how do you explain that? And then he was like, I know that baby ain't none of mine. So now we, but he decided to raise them. So that, that part I got. Now the issue is all of a sudden the wife was a twin. The twin had Augusta who was way older than Leo. How did he get Augusta? Like how did her parents die too? Man, it's, it's, it is the time of illness and, and not a lot of expansion in our medical care and knowledge in our medical care and death. So, I mean, they probably picked up something. Who knows? Well, see, here's I, my I, thing. I can't why didn't, but why didn't the girls go with her, their, the woman's family? Because like I said, the sisters were twins. Maybe their family wasn't, wasn't any good. So, okay. So then the only option was him. Yeah, that's what I'm going to assume. Maybe maybe mom and sis and auntie's family was no good. Only option was to go with dad. Well, you know, proceed mm -hmm. on paper dad, raising her dad, but not biological dad. Not that anybody, you know, back in the day, it would have been like, that was her dad because they were married. That was her father. Mm -hmm. um, he was the only option. He didn't know how to deal with his grief of the wife dying he didn't know how to deal with his grief of the, even though he just you know raised leo as his still didn't know how to deal with the betrayal of the affair then she died and she's got and he's got the niece to raise and the niece you know, is horrible yeah it, it, you know but the, the back in the day she was horrible he could have just taken that bell and snatched it right across her ass and been done with it take her ass to her room I would have told her several times to her face, you know why you stuck in this country? Because who would have you anywhere else? Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're terrible. You're as in, who wants to be your friend, girl? Nobody. Look at you. Because I mean that there are finishing schools. Let's be clear. They have always been finishing schools. And why he didn't send her away to one, I don't know. Maybe she would have behaved, maybe not. But I would have sent her little butt away to finish in school as soon as it was proper. Because that was the other thing, you know, like, why did no one say a girl of her age shouldn't be in a house with a man of your age? Like, no. But either it, it, without a benefit of a wife, the covering of a wife or a governess, oh, hell no. That's your niece. She ain't got no biological relation to you. Because that's your wife's sister. That's your wife's sister's daughter. Uh-uh. I would have been like, no, 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 no. But you had the issue of these two men who had this history that is convoluted. And their whole issue is, I, you know, yeah, they were genuinely interested in Charlotte at first. But then it became a competition between, mm, I can take her like I took your wife. And then it was, no, I'm going to keep her, you know, because I couldn't keep my wife. And it was, it stopped being about Charlotte as a whole person and Charlotte as an, if I can't have her, like, I don't necessarily want her. I just don't want you to have her. It was messy where I'm like, woo, I cannot see these two again. It was extremely messy. I was tired of it. By episode five, I was like, this is old, needs to be done with. I was too. I, yeah, that, that her story, we, her matches were weak to me. And I, that's another reason why I said, I think that they were just filler to get us to how her story progresses or will end in season three. I do have a spoiler-ish where I saw something. I, I, I told you that um, seasons two and three filmed back to back. And I did see something where Charlotte is somewhere and Colburn comes in with his niece. So we're not free of him. Captain Lennox, perhaps, but Colburn, we are not free of him. That does I don't know how I feel about that. Is there anything else about Charlotte we should talk about? No, not really. But, oh, you know, she did get engaged to um, 
was his name? Ralph? Farmer yeah, Ralph? Yeah. Somebody from her hometown mm-hmm. in the end. Um, do we think it's actually real love? Probably not. But she probably I, felt what? I I think that after being with those two men and losing Sydney and, and saying like, look, it's kind of almost what you said in the beginning that she she deserves somebody a little safer because Captain Lennox, even if he wasn't an asshole, his job is not safe. You know, like he he's putting himself at risk all the time. They said that Ralph was a sensible farmer. So she knew his character, mm-hmm. that he cared for her and what she was getting. Yeah. Like I... That's what I was going to say. I believe that she takes him because he's safe. I'm not saying that she, I don't know that she's in love with him. And if they're bringing Colburn back to try to interrupt this engagement for her, um, he'd have to do a whole lot of growing in this off season, Uh, both off season for recording and off season for the uh, tourist season at Sandyton because if he's still anything like he is today, I don't want her f- with him in season three either. Mm-hmm. I want to get to Clara. Okay. And um, Edward and uh, what is the other cousin's name? Esther. Or Esther, yes. And Lady Denham. And Lady Denham. Can I just say that before you get to them? Sure. When we talked earlier about season uh, two, like for season one and predicting season two, I asked you if you thought we would see them again. You were like, no. So now that we have seen them again, were you glad to see him or were you like, and they should have stayed gone? Edward could have stayed gone with his tricky ass. But, But Esther, the only person I am cape I caped for in this whole season actually was Esther. Okay. Why? Because she was the, actually the only one that had some damn sense this whole damn season. She was there for Clara, there for the baby. And part of that is because she, I think, because she, you know, lost her own child. And at this point, it's looking like she's not going to be able to carry her own baby and to have her own baby, which she actually desperately wants to have with her husband. I think despite her in season one being an awful person, she found this man that actually makes her a better person and is in love with him and wants to have all the things that everybody else wants to have. A good marriage, children, you know, a family, hopefully later in life have some, you know, marry off her kids and get some grandkids. But she has some sense and some compassion this season. She was the only person that I was going hard for. I didn't think that a lot of those traits weren't available to her in season one. No, I I, I agree. I think she was too caught up with, with Edward. There was a reason why she was the one who was courted by Lord Babington in the first place. And there's a reason why Edward wanted to control and keep her by his side, other than the fact that he's a manipulator. And she was also a victim of his manipulation throughout the years. And there's a reason why she was the one that Lady Denham was like, I'm leaving the majority of my state to you because while everybody else was scheming, she, at the end of the day, was saying, look, our aunt is actually sick. Regardless of what goes on with in the will, she's still a human being and let me provide some comfort or be curious about it. And it was in that time when she was showing compassion, where she was try- not scheming that Clara and Edward did scheme and create this baby that you know that that's what gave her the opportunity to you know to move on but it's sad because 
she came to Sandyton because her aunt was sick and she recovered. And Lady Denham attributed that to the sea air and the sea water. And they and her and Lord Babington felt like, well, well, maybe if I come here, I'll be able to recover too. And and that doctor, right? And then and so she's grieving, but Lady Denham showed no compassion for her as as a woman who miscarried and as you said a woman who desperately did want to give her husband a child an heir well i never liked lady denim she a mean old <laughs> bitty you know what she is because she's a mean old bitty the she recognizes that the only reason why people tolerate her is because she has money so the fact that you have Georgiana has just as much money. The only thing Lady Denham has over Georgiana is the fact she's white. Right? But she was complaining this whole season because uh, Tom's sister-in-law owned the majority of the town because that's the reason why Sydney married her. Remember she kept on saying, I'm supposed to be, you know, the sole owner and this and that and that and this. You know? So it's like when she dies, ain't nobody gonna miss her. True that, true that. Well, you know, you, but you created that because you mm-hmm. a mean old bitty. If you hadn't been a mean old bitty, somebody might actually miss you when you die. Yeah, if you decided not to be a mean old crouchy, grouchy, mean woman. But to be clear, she did not have children herself though, right? Correct. That's why she had to leave her stuff to her nieces and nephews. Or well, I wasn't sure if she... If they died? I don't think she ever had any. And yet she didn't have any compassion for Esther. Maybe I guess that's why they're going to say she didn't have any compassion because she doesn't know what it's like to have any children or to carry a child. I don't know. But that, I mean, you could have compassion for someone and not have experienced what they've experienced. It's called empathy. It's just a little something. Just to understand that we're human and we all go through things. She just didn't care. She's just mean. Oh, well, then, I mean, is there anything else to say about her other than the fact that she was uh, that she was uh, annoyed with Georgiana because she couldn't control Georgiana and Georgiana had more more money or just about the same amount of money as she did. And yeah. she, and that sugar, that sugar uh, band that mm-hmm. Georgiana had engineered. Remember, she tried to be like, you know what, I'm gonna have this party and I'm gonna have all these. Cakes and sweets uh, and everything else. And Georgiana was like, huh, just walked on past and ignored her. Yeah, well, but most people didn't partake, which to me mm-hmm. said, okay. If Georgiana. Only, what, Georgiana had what? More clout. <laughs> yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. She's the one who had all the influence, not you, girl. Nobody cares about the angry old bitty. I'm telling you. That... That's what it boiled down to. She's an angry old bitty and nobody cares or likes her. Georgiana may be black, but she's nice and she's kind and she's sweet. And, you know, to people, maybe at least on the exterior. So you can get more bees with, you know, flies with honey and sugar and water than you can when you're being vinegar. I think, yeah, you know, just talking a little bit about Georgiana, I know we're going to go back, is that she was trying to educate the town about where do you think your money comes from? How do you think you get this sugar? There's a human cost that comes with it. And we need to wrestle with that, right? But then Lady Denham rightly pointed out the tension that Georgiana has to hold and live with, which is you too are enjoying the fruits of enslaved labor. Besides you being a fruit of enslaved labor, you're enjoying it because where did your money come from? The same place the rest of this money came from. And actually even more because, you know, we don't actually, or we may not actually own a plantation or invest in a plantation. Your daddy did. Your daddy is a direct or was a direct enslaver. That's how you got here. And which we all know that those are the conflicts that we have in life. 
when you, you know, benefit from the bad, does it mean you get rid of your benefit? It's kind of a hard thing to do. Um, but, but, <laughs> right, but you, but you try to make good from the bad. Mm-hmm. Lady Denim just didn't want to make try to make any good from the bad. She's like, I'm just gonna take part of the bad and keep her full fuel in the bad, and and I'm just gonna do me, and I don't care about the other part. Georgiana's like, well, I know that my money and me are part of the bad, but at least I can try to help people recognize that it's bad and we can change, you know, the situation, help change the situation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, though? There, before, we'll, we'll come back to Georgiana because you want to talk about Clara and Esther and I want to talk about Georgiana, but the bad of Lady Denim pays dividends because at the end of the season she fitting to make Edward pay for his crimes and I'm like oh be as inventive as you want to be yeah that part I'm I'm all down for because I do cannot stand Edward they did not need to bring his ass back and they hopefully don't bring his ass back for season three let him be locked up in some damn dungeon for all I care well he's getting stripped of all of his things that's what Lady D is gonna do for him and he gonna have to work <laughs> he gonna have to work like real work <laughs> ah, he gonna be working in somebody's bar as a bus boy <laughs> see he can't be see that the problem with him is that although he reminds me of a vampire the issue that I have is Are we that, talking about literally or figuratively? Because you know what? As pale as he is. Pale and skinny and those sharp <laughs> yeah. cheekbones. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, mm-mm. He's vampiric. Um, he, was, he was casted for the wrong show. No, he was casted for the right show. <laughs> because what he, he, what he is, is he's charismatic. And that's the problem. As other vampires right he's truly a bloodsucker so the problem is if if lady denim does not keep him as an indentured servant on her property where she can keep an eye on him he will inevitably turn up like a bad penny in esther's life to claim that son right you know and things of that nature so if he's if he's in a bar then he can get he can ply people with a drink and convince them to do his bidding. You know, that was his thing. He's got a forked tongue. So, like, no, no, no. He's he's somebody who needs to be locked up. He needs to lose a hand or something. He needs to be maimed. He needs to, like, have a, a Z carved in his, in his <laughs> face. I mean, something. Like I, said, like I said, him being locked up in a dungeon is where he can be for season three. Yeah. Or, or I don't know. Well, okay, now let me ask you again. Okay, well, hold on. Can you give a recap of why you hate Edward? And and then I'm going to ask you the same thing I asked you last year. <laughs> Do you think he's coming back for season three? <laughs> he's a manipulative SOB. He don't care about nobody but his damn self. And all he's done is hurt people. That's all he's done. This whole This whole season one and season two, that's all he's done. He can go kick rocks. And is he coming back? Probably so. Do I want to see him back? No. I do. He did hurt people, but with Edward, his vitriol seemed to be directed at Esther. So I don't know if, I mean, last season or the last episode we talked about, Sandy 10 and last season, you and I speculated uh, about their the incestuous nature of their relationship but he almost had an obsession with her for him to try to poison her for him to take the letters that he did from her husband it's like how dare you be happy how dare you be happy without me how dare you have money and means without me while I you know am forced to survive on my wits even though as a male, it seemed like you should have had more privilege, he squandered it 
and I so his target was Esther. And so I want to see him again because I want to see Lord Babington and Esther as a united front confront him so that he understands that he can't get in betwixt and between and he has no power and that he's aware of everything because he also worked in secret. So if if uh, Lord Babington comes back like, yeah, this baby is mine now. I know what you did. I was, you know, I know this, that, and the third or whatever because Babington was Sydney's friend, not Edward's friend. So he may not know anything about him, but I think that that's the only way that Esther, whom you said you were caping for, will actually have peace, you know? Yeah, I'm fine if he ends up dead and in a ditch. Well, that's closure in a way that he can't hurt her anymore. So that's what I want. I just I just want that. I want a definitive story that he's been contained and is no longer a threat to Esther. So what about Clara? Do you think Clara is going to come back? Because right now, I think that she was suffering from postpartum depression. Um, she was suffering from postpartum depression, poisoning by her fiance, like all kinds of crap. Wait, I'm sorry. He was poisoning her too? Yeah. I, I did not see. Oh, I did not realize it. I knew that she was in on, although reluctant, that she knew that he was okay. poisoning let me not say Esther. this. Not physically poisoning. Yes. Wait a minute. Yes, he did. Go back to the re- the recap. He was poisoning her too. I didn't. I didn't catch that. Ooh. Hold on. Let me go back. Was it? Well, I mean, why wasn't his ass in jail? Like you said, why wasn't he under the jail? I know that they don't like to do women, you know, but. And he was technically, I guess, a, a nobleman, but my God. He he is a villainous, like, he's not villainous just in what, he's not like the normal villain who just, you know, make manipulates things and makes, you know, to get what he wants. He's also one that can, that physically hurts people as well, right. not just mentally. Like, that's why I'm all for him being gone. Yeah, I didn't realize that he was poisoning. I mean, I'm sorry. He was, I'm sorry. He wasn't poisoning Claire. I'm sorry. When I say poisoning Claire, not physically, but mentally. Like his his manipulation of the situation poisons everybody. And yes, Clara did finally grow a backbone and expose him. But it took a minute. She could have done that in the very beginning, especially because Esther was helping her take care of her baby while she was dealing with postpartum depression. But I don't think that she real why she was in the throes of postpartum depression. I don't think that she realized it. And in a way, I think that in her warped mind, because remember, she was down with the schemes, too, that she felt like she was doing the best thing for George by uh, getting him an inheritance and she knew that she was cut out and that most of it was going to Esther and out of the three of them Esther needed it less because she was now Lady Babington so she had her husband's money to secure her future so I think that in their in in her estimation it was it made sense but When she realized how this woman was caring, like you said, caring for not just her, you know, like her child, but for her and extending her grace. Because I think that if Esther hadn't been there and when she came back pregnant, the lady denim was like, wait, don't you darken my door and you get away. But it was kind of like Esther's compassion, having just lost a child that convinced the uh, lady denim to take her in. And so she owed her from that, from the start, you know? So her conscience got the best of her and she was like, nah, I can't live with this. But she also realized that she had no business with this baby either. Oh, yeah. Like, she realized she couldn't take care of this baby. She also realized that the the way that this baby was conceived wasn't right either. It was a whole mess. 
I'm, I mean, I'm glad that she stuck up, you know, for Esther in the end. I'm glad that Edward is going to hopefully get his um, just desserts. And Clara just needs to go off into the sunset and be like, let me just do something with my life. You know, maybe she can find a husband if that's what she want to do or go be a governess or something. Now, I don't think she has education to be a governess. Maybe, you know, probably not. But do something with her life and let Esther and, and, and Lord Babington raise their baby. That's even if Lord Babington accepts the child as his. I really don't think that that's going to be an issue. He he has a heart. He's a kind person. I don't think that's going to be an issue, especially because I also think he wants a child and they're not able to get it the traditional way. Yet. Uh, I mean, you know, like, ooh, that's just, that's such a problem because if they are able to have a child, then who inherits the biological Babington or the adopted Babington? And you don't think that's not going to cause issues? I mean, you know, it's it only works out if this is season three or if we assume that Lord ah. and Lady Babington, you know, like won't come back. But oh. I, I have a I have an answer how he inherits. Mm-hmm. Lady Denim is leaving her fortune to Esther. So each child gets one. Oh, so so this takes on the, the Denim estate. And oh, okay. Well, yeah, that worked. Was well, now you said you was caping for them. Do you have anything else to say about them? Well, whether we see them or not in season three, um, whether Babington can actually come back to, you know, record anything or not. I hope that Esther is happy with her and her son and her husband. I think she's baby. She's the only one out of that family that deserves some happiness. I agree with that. So is there anybody else to talk about besides Georgiana? Yeah, I think we just need to talk about Georgiana. And then I think um, what we expect or hope to see in season three. What do you want to say about Georgiana? Or what do you think of her storyline this season? I feel like they have real no direction for Georgiana. Because it's an incomplete work, they're spinning in trying to find a way to complete her character. And... I don't feel like they're giving her all the depth that they're giving everybody else. But it's a shame that she gets a love interest this season. And yet, basically, he's an asshole at the end. Um, Why does the one person of color, her potential love interest has to be an asshole, has to be after her, her money, you know? Why can't he just be after her for her? Mm. Isn't that always my, I think that's been the main through line of gripe that I've had this whole season of this podcast about black women in romance, period pieces or not, is that it seems like it is hard for Black women to be loved for themselves without struggle love or it being a pain or a course. But I understand exactly what you mean because we almost leave Georgiana this season the way we left her in season one. The only difference is, I guess, where Sydney got rid of Otis for being a fortune hunter and it kind of broke her heart. Plus, Uh, Sydney and Charlotte had to rescue Georgiana from another um, plot this whole time, even though Georgiana has money and Georgiana has influence. We've seen this with the sugar boycott. Georgiana does not have agency. So Tom and Mary Parker are her guardians. She's living with the Reverend and his spinster sister. She is turning men off uh, or saying no to men right and left and they're like look you just gotta marry somebody because you can't have this money which kind of problematic you can't have this money and lord knows they can't be entrusted with the money because tom is irresponsible which he knows about himself so 
she has to be owned by someone is what they're telling us, whether it is her husband, whether whether it's a guardian or someone else, but she cannot be independent. Fine. The only man that they've managed is someone who we find out was the very same racist distant cousin who Sydney went to uh, the islands to deal with because he was suing for the fortune because how dare this white man leave it to a mulatto woman. And the courts said he can kick rocks. So he devised another way to get this money. And that's what we got. Her romance was exoticism. By the way, did they have sex? No. Um, I don't think so. I think they got passionate, but I don't think they actually had sex. Okay. So it wasn't because I I thought it was implied when he was painting and she got rid of the Spencer's sister who was the chaperone and he painted her with her hair down. And they kissed. And then it was kind of like a fade to black. I thought they were implying knock at a boots. Maybe they are. Sometimes it, it's gray. I, like I said, I know they got passionate. I don't know if we're going to say that they actually had sex. I'm going to hope that they didn't. Because if that's the case, if they did, then she might end up pregnant in season three. I hope they don't have, that they didn't have sex because here is a here's where I start comparing season two of Sandy 10 to season two of Bridgerton at the end of our Bridgerton round table, part two diamonds are forever. Um, you will hear a conversation between lady D DD Jonay and I, where we talk about why there wasn't a lot of sex in season two of Bridgerton. And the reason was because the director, who happened to be a black woman, said, I think there's a problem with having a woman of color be overly sexual without the benefit of marriage. What do they say about black women and about our, uh, we're Jezebels and about how we are dark temptresses and a dusky delight and how much of hypersexual activity is grafted onto us and our bodies. If they do that to Georgiana after all of the subtle and overt racism that she's endured these past two seasons and microaggressions and the fact that this dude treated her with like a sense of exoticism, that's mad problematic. And how is it that this season, which was darn near sexless, that the only implied sex comes from the unmarried Black woman? Where it's even a, a question. The fuck? Not that hoe of a sister of hers. And she was a hoe. But the Black woman? The rich Black woman? Well, I'm feeling it. And then for season three, they imply that Georgiana's mother is still alive. So that would be her storyline for season three, finding her mother. Yes. Oh, so that is that is a good thing that makes her happy. So now trying to find her is the hard part. She could be anywhere. So she'll have to go back to Antigua, maybe to the farm, I mean, to the plantation and get, you know, sales records or have the sales records sent to her, you know, whatever to try to find her. That's the only good thing for Georgiana. Um, I read the recaps. It doesn't say that she had sex, but. We do know that, you know, she was going to run away with him and get married and then they stopped her because they got, you know, the information from the trunk. 
I just want her to actually, if we're going to give her a love interest, let's find her a love interest that's actually interested in her for her, not for her money. Yeah, I want to see her be courted. Yeah. Did, did anybody even ask her to dance outside of Arthur? Um, uh, and the and the paint and the portraitist. Oh, that yeah. was it. Yeah, that was it. Um, hopefully next season they'll find her love interest. I don't care whether he's black or white, but at this point, a love interest that is interested in actually her, not her money. Not mm -hmm. trying to take her down a peg. Nothing like that. Let's just give this girl a real love interest. Somebody that wants to make her his wife because he loves her. I'll agree to that. Anything else you want to talk about with Sandy Tin? Um, how do we feel about what what is gonna happen in season three? You say how do I how do we what, feel? What? Yeah, what do we want to happen? What do we... Oh, I'm going to say that I feel as though that Sandy Ten, if it is in fact Charlotte's story, can happily conclude this season. Uh, with season three, I mean. I don't need it to be renewed after that. I just need a complete story. I think that this filler, the season of six episodes, which was an abbreviated season, was filler, and that they we needed to move past this love that they were building with Sydney to accept. Now she said, "I am not his widow. It's not my place to grieve." But yet she grieved. So in order for her to move. To make the next step in her life, she needed to grieve. We needed to grieve with her. Those people who definitely wanted her to be with Sydney or Mrs. Stringer, you know, it's okay. Those two are not an option. We grieve it. We see that other men are interested in her. Some of those men aren't shit. So, you know, for her to kind of step into the next role in her life and towards that happily ever after... I need for season three for them to hit the ground running. We cannot circle the drain with um, Georgiana anymore either. Georgiana needs to step towards her agency and being fully free. If that is not her storyline next year, I know we're looking for her mom, but the fuck are we doing? If this doesn't end with Charlotte also stepping into her agency, what the fuck are we doing? As far as I'm concerned, Sandy Ten is a success. We don't need to be dealing with that again. Okay? We get it. So it so Sandy Ten should be an established success. Tom and Mary Parker and Arthur should be basking in the success. Lady Denham should be grumbling and claiming the success because you know how she is. But it should really be about establishing those relationships and moving forward. So that's what I want. And for them to literally wrap it up in a bow. No cliffhangers, no mysteries, nothing. Let this be it. What about you? Well, I think you said it pretty nicely. <laughs> really? I agree with you. Let these ladies come into their own. Let them have some uh, love interests that are there for them. Give Georgiana a complete story that is focused on her and her as a person. Charlotte, since it's her story, her as a person and be done with it and in the season and in the series. Because I don't think we need four or five or six seasons. Me either. Watch Sandy Ten. I mean, I would say that the Regency era is having a revival. If you are a person of color, Amanda Ray Prescott has been writing about Bridgerton, Sandy Ten, The Gilded Age, Mr. Malcolm's List, and Persuasion, all of which have taken this Bronte, Austinian, 
era and crashed the gates and have attempted to modernize it by adding um, marginalized people and voices and folk ain't happy about it. Oh, well, they can suck it. So if you are looking for community, you can probably, well, you can always start with us, but you can read her articles and some of the other people, Black Girl Loves Jane, uh, Stitch, Amanda Ray Prescott. I'm going to try to put them in the show notes so that I'm just saying that there's there's been a revival. It's kind of like the 90s. Remember that in the 90s where we had um, all of those Shakespeare, William Shakespeare movies and you're shaking your head. And then we also had like Emma and Jane and then the modernized versions uh, like The Taming of the Shrew, which was 10 Things I Hate About You and John Tucker Must Die and uh, Clueless, where there were modernized takes of these classics and they were all welcome. And now all of a sudden people are like, no, no, change it not. But I will say that it is changed. I am a little disappointed that they didn't, that they got chased like Bridgerton got chased, where both season twos, I feel, had a sophomore slump in that way, but I am looking for them to come back revving in season three. So, you know, watch it and then tweet us if you do. As you normally say, are all minds clear? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Thank you, everyone, for joining us for our recap of Sanding, Sandyton Season 2. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We invite you to send us your feedback, musings, puns, and comments at watchwithyoupod at gmail.com. On Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, watchwithyoupod.